Hello? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Is that how we're going to do it? No. Oh, God. How do I turn John, it off? John has turned on his camera. He's wearing a very colorful shirt. Let me see if I can get mine on. I don't know if this will work. Oh, ah! shit. Wow, it's Merlin. <laughs> How's it going? Good, how are you? Well, I was not really prepared for this. No one knows this, but we have never done this. We have you never looked at each other. accidentally once before in our uh, first episode because you didn't the know. First yeah, I think you didn't know how to Skype. I don't know if I want to do right. this. This is really no. upsetting. No, it's pretty it's pretty terrible. Let me expand the screen so I can really get a full Wow, there you are. Yeah, there's you can uh, see you, over here I got an X Men poster. I, I over saw here it I got another X Men poster. <laughs> hang on, I got another one here. Hang on. Oh yeah. okay. <laughs> I got this. Another um another X Men poster. I see that. Yeah, that's very nice. Oh, that's the really nicest cool. one. This yet. is really cool. This is a uh, a listener sent me this poster of uh, Electra. Signed, signed by Bill Sienkiewicz, who, who's one of the oh. greats. Wow, yeah. zing zang. And here's something from Sex Criminals uh, done by Howard Chaikin. Yeah. Phenomenal. I have a poster. I have a poster tube here. Oh, you got Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it's, nah, Boy, that's it's not what I imagined that room looking like. Oh, this is bad, yeah. John. I know. We'll take a look around here. Oh, see, now that's, that's... not so bad. Oh, I see. There's some stuff. Yeah, it's a little bit of a. It, this is a, a guest room, playroom. You know, this isn't my space. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's big. You got an R two D. Is that an inflatable R two D two? There's a life size inflatable R two D two. Yeah. Damn. That there is a is a little uh, rolling keyboard. I've got some guitars. Why, did, why didn't he just tell Luke what he knew? Uh, well, you know, I have <laughs> four thousand replies that I can <laughs> I can go through. Actually, okay, John, I'm going to turn off the camera now, and I encourage yeah. you to do the same. So, so what happened was, I think uh -huh. I, I accidentally. Uh, I, I, how do I turn the camera off? Uh, there's a little icon at the bottom between. Don't don't hit the wrong thing. Hit the one that's a camera, and then it'll have a yeah. buster on it. Uh huh. But oh, okay, good. Whew. Okay, sticker goes uh, back up. Accidentally hit hit the space bar, and that's what Skype does when you hit the space bar. It gives Skype you the... loves to capture focus from whatever you're doing. It happens a lot where you'll be doing something. One could be typing, and then the thing rings, and when you're typing, then then now now you're on uh, video. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that was fun. Let's start the show. Hey, how's it going, hey. John? Oh, hi, Merlin. Oh, hi. You uh, you mentioned my uh, your your you popular my... tweet. My viral tweet, yeah, I uh, after how many years have we been on Twitter? Has it been nine years? According You've to, been on there according to the me. internet, I joined Twitter in uh, February of 2007. Whoa, okay. Well, you That's have my, been That on was my Twitter. second account. I had an original account before it was public. But this is when Hot Dogs Ladies happened. So I've been, oh, wow, I've been there since 2008. So that yeah. means tw 12 straight years. Holy cow. Cats. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, I, I, oof. Yeah. Eesh. Yeah. Well, anyway, in all that time, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, yeah, I've been dude. churning, churning out. You, you produce a lot, you tweets. produce a lot of content. At one yeah. point, you had a, a book of your toots that you, you would sell at your rock shows. Yeah. One I mean, time at know, Bimbo's, I, was... I remember there was a table and you could buy a book of John's toots at uh, Bimbo's. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, you know, I have an award here from Seattle Weekly, best tweet of, uh, of 2009 or something like that. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. You got you got an award from Seattle Weekly for, 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 for a best tweet, huh? Do you remember uh, what the tweet you know, was, John? <laughs> every year, Seattle Weekly uh, does the, or used to do, like, the best of Seattle, the best teriyaki place. And the oh, best, of course. And then you, you know, get to hang a sign parlor. in your window that says, we got the best fun in Seattle. Right. I get it. Right. And and 2009, you know, everybody was trying to figure out what Twitter was and what, you know, what what the future might hold. And so Seattle Weekly uh, debuted their best tweet category. Um, I think it only lasted one year. I think uh-huh. 2009 was the only year they, they offered a best tweet award. <laughs> and uh, it went to me. I've got a plaque. That's great. Uh, so as all by way of saying, you know, Twitter... I've been there. I've put. I've invested in it. You got a lot I've of miles loved. on those tires, and you're not even Thank the you. sort of person that likes getting awards. Well, no, you do I like mean, awards. Uh, now, wait a minute. I'm I'm trying to contrast this with the diploma that may or may not exist. Schrodinger's diploma. Mm-hmm. You but were you, were you happy to receive that? Were you surprised? Uh, to get the best tweet award, it uh, no. It, it, obviously, I didn't have the best tweet of 2009, but hmm. it was. Those were the well, maybe maybe in Seattle. The what was funny is that in 2009. There was a countable number of people in Seattle, like celebs, that were on Twitter. And the fact that I was on Twitter was novel. Yeah. Right? Like the other rock musicians are like, what is he doing over there? You know? Uh, so it's possible that among among that class of people, yes, I had the best tweet. Almost certainly I did because I was really good at Twitter. Right. You're saying it was a smaller denominator back then. <laughs> back then, yeah. <laughs> We're talking about, you know, best out of 15 or something. Right. A- airplane food, uh, am I right? <laughs> it, was, it was during that period uh, where I thought that all tweets, all tweets had to be 140 characters. Yeah. Long. That was a little game for me. I, I spent yeah, hours every day uh, making them exactly 140 characters. O- hours, too. John. Hours. Yeah. Well, and I would get yelled at because back then, in order to retweet somebody, you had to put RT in front of it. Uh, and yeah. people were like, you, you don't leave any room to RT you. I remember I like, often being criticized, uh, f- often, often in the early days, being, being criticized for um, having more people who followed me than I followed. Oh, you you were you had the wrong ratio. I got that too. Yeah. Now now it yeah. all means now ratio means something different. But yeah, those are the salad days. I think that was the year uh, Twitter broke. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, well. So, the, so anyway. The so anyway, was, you, you, you know, pop, you sorry. you were there. A lot of a lot of my friends were there. I always had a lot fewer followers, but you know, I was fine with it, of course, because I'm used to it. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm always gonna I'm always gonna hit that artificial ceiling, or it's a it's not artificial. I'm always gonna hit that very real ceiling of uh, where people don't like me anymore than just the small group that does. I don't know if they had muting back then because I just assume that everyone has muted me, um, which is fine because I mute everyone. Yeah. I don't really want to see any content on the internet. I wish I could mute everything. Yeah. Um, but how, how, how do we get on this? We got the video. We got the oh, plaque. You got R- oh, so R2-D2. What, yes, yes, yes. Yes. So what happened is the other day, you know, and the thing is, I see this all the time, as we all do. Somebody uh, says a tweet. You look at it. You're like, oh, it's a good tweet. And then you look down and you're like, wow, it went crazy. It's got 50,000 likes or whatever. And you go to the person's account and there's somebody that's got 2,000 followers. And you're like, wow, what did they do? Like, how did they? 
what what nerve did they strike? Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you, Marlon, over yeah. the years. This is just something unconsciously that's happening. Not unconsciously, because it, it rises to the level of consciousness. But mm. I will write a tweet, and I will push send, and I'll think, this one. This is this it. one. <laughs> Rubbing your hands this, together. <laughs> this one's going to get out there. Uh-huh. It's going to cl- This is such a good tweet. It's, this one is going to hit the ground running, yeah. and it's going to blow up. It, it's, re- then, it's relevant. It's funny. It's revealing. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it has a little twist. This, this is the one. A, uh, I, I'm going to get the phony for this one. It's so good. This tweet, this tweet is tailor made to like to to go atmospheric. And then, you know, three hours later, I'll go back. I'll be like, let's see how that tweet is doing. It'll be like eighty faves. And I'll go, ah. and then you know, and Ken Jennings, of course, has a lot more followers than I do. And he'll fart in a glass, and it'll get <laughs> five thousand likes. <laughs> and like, you know, like 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 like. like. <laughs> so I'm always, so I'm always, I'm, I'm always raging at him, you yeah. know, like comedy raging, and he's, and he loves that, you know, he likes to be like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, just put on my laundry list and got, you know, eight thousand followers, eight thousand new followers, ah, <laughs> but I, but I do, I send these tweets out, and every once, you know, like all the time, I'll give it a little kiss, you know, it's like a white dove, and I'll go, go, you yeah. know, fly, be free. And I've never, ever, ever had one. I've had a few that you know that that did that, you know, did some traffic yeah. a little bit. But the other day, my daughter comes in and says one of her things that she says as she's walking through the room, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, that's cute. And I and I put it into a kids say the darndest things style tweet yeah. about R two D two, and. Um, and now, as of this morning, uh, let's see, let's see how, let's see how it's doing right now. Um, I think it was two hundred and six thousand last time I looked. Two hundred and six, two hundred and six thousand was. Uh, so it's a, yeah, two hundred and six thousand yeah. likes, four thousand replies. Oh no! Oh no! You hate to see it. No. 23,700 oh. retweets. Yeah. It's oh been... no, that's that's rare air. Now you're way into no matter what you said, you are now a ding-a-ling sink. You know what I'm saying? Well, they're going to they're just going to they're just going to find you and release their heat. The, the the thing is what I and I you would have known this. You you must have known this. Um and I didn't. I, I honestly didn't, and I think that I think all of my friends, uh, all of my friends knew this more than I knew it. The, the, I did now, not, now you're going to attract. Uh, you're going to get some hop-ons. No, not that. Hmm. That there are so many theories about R two D two. I had no. I idea. thought it was a good tweet. It's something a lot of us have thought. And we, yeah. it's well, like there's two, there's two facts in evidence. Well, there's, I don't want to give the spoiler here, but there's a spoiler in Empire Strikes, of, you know, in Empire Strikes Back. Um, we also know that Luke is one of the uh, relatively rare people who, who appears to speak with R two D two. They understand each other. R two D two seems to understand everybody, but only some people understand R two D two. Is that accurate? Yes, I believe that's true. Mm-hmm. Also, R two D two. So conveniently for a lot of people, if they want to, if they want to paper over, so I'm. So I'm going to go deep dive on this because I have gotten schooled because I haven't read all 4,000 replies, 
but hmm. I've read a lot of them. Wow, must be a nice because, privilege, huh? <laughs> partly because Marlo comes sauntering in and uh, every once in a while and it's like, hey, how's my tweet doing? You know, you want to pull up some of those replies and let's see. Because a lot of them are like, she's a brilliant little girl. And she mm-hmm. just, you know, she's eating it up. But she also loves all the memes because people reply with memes. Yeah. And so she's eating up all these R2-D2 memes. Well, anyway, people want to say that because R2 is an astromech, uh, that he doesn't that he's that he's just going according to his programming and that he's not you know he's not programmed to uh, it, it, it reveal or imagine or think for itself why does he right? start why does he come to life when Luke comes back well and they have a special exactly, relationship exactly he, they they go to they go to they go to they go to the <laughs> <laughs> and and they, I mean they go on adventures together, you yeah. know. And Luke sits and talks to him like they have a special, exactly a special relationship. They've been through this. Our, it's like like the UK and uh, America used to be. You well, can't have a. You can't tell me that an astromech can have disappointment. But I'll tell you who has disappointment: R two D two. Every time he gets left behind, he makes a little noise. He's he's disappointed. He's upset. Are you kidding me? R two D two's got more he's personality. He's very emotional and very expressive. Yes. And shame on you for for trying to say that, that he's just a result of programming. You don't know that. Yes. This has happened a long exactly. time ago. Exactly. Second of all, so many turns out neckbeards out there want to oh. tell me that the droids had their memories wiped by mm. Bail Organa at the end of episode three. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I've watched the footage now. 11,000 times and Bail Organa has the protocol protocol droids memory wiped specifically does yeah. not mention the astromech huh. so you can take that theory and stick it right in your ear yeah. but the theories the theories that are interesting are the ones where R2 is actually the puppet master of the whole thing tell me R2, more about that R2 is, is there from the beginning, knows uh-huh. everything, and is playing a super long game along with his partner in crime, Chewbacca. What? And the two of them, the two of them are rebel leaders okay. who are, and, and they, they recognize that Luke is a hot-headed, whiny ding-dong. They realize that Han is, a, uh, is like a callow uh, rogue, but that these two will get them Chewbacca and R2 into all the spots that they need to do to lay the groundwork for uh, for their uh, big so plan. It, it's a kind of conspiracy theory, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, no, no, give, give me. I'm just trying to be clear here. So they're not saying this is canonical. They're saying this is, as we say in the community, headcanon. Like this is my idea of how this works. Or are they saying that like all will eventually be revealed, much like QAnon? Uh, I'm, uh, so I'm not a hundred percent sure. A lot of this I feel like is just, uh, I've, uh, a lot of people have watched the movies too many times, but here's the latest reply okay. that I got 30, 30 seconds ago. Okay. He's a more simplistic droid than three, than three CPO. <laughs> Maybe he can only respond and not engage in critical thinking like three CPO th- seems to. <laughs> okay. I.e. Luke would have to ask R2 about his dad. Since Obi-Wan told him his dad is dead, he has no reason to even assume R2 knew his dad. Huh. So, so in, our, in your experience, isn't the thing that makes C-3PO 
and and R2's relationship funny is that uh, is that 3CPO believes that he is smarter than R2, but that we know that not to be oh, true. Oh, yeah, it's a, a that... classic Keith Johnstone uh, impro thing, um, status. It's a difference in status. Right. It's, Jeeves, it's Jeeves and Worcester. And right. uh, essentially, and or 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 uh, what about Hong Kong Fui and his dog? Same situation. Hong Kong Fui and his dog. Thank Number you one very super much. guy. You know, he's quicker right. than the human eye. But it turns out that it's the dog <laughs> is running dog around behind him, cleaning up everything. And Hong Kong Fui gets to take all the credit. I agree with you. I think it is. It's funny. Sometimes uh, it's funny when you don't know what somebody is saying. Sort of like Bob Newhart. You know, you only hear one side mm-hmm. of the phone call. That kind of mm-hmm. thing about Godzilla or Abraham Lincoln or whatever. So in this case, yes, I agree. It's about status. I agree. It's about limited amounts of information. I do. I never have gotten the sense that he's just a sophisticated like echo device that you talk to. I don't. I don't think it's a Dracula situation where he's not allowed to mention it I- unless you bring it up. I don't think that's how that would work. No, that seems and that seems like one of these uh, people are trying to use some Asimovian. Like, oh, there are rules about uh, robot programming. Oh, sure. Like, you got the rules. I'm like, oh, you know. oh, really? In a galaxy far, far away a long he's, time ago? He's, there he's, was- he's smart enough and independent enough to one, – one thing that's not – I think is not a conspiracy theory, but, but I really hope John Syracuse doesn't hear this, is that, mm. is that uh, we got to go get – we got to get to Tatooine. Yeah. And he's got ways that he's going to wangle that. Yes, right? he's wangling it. Because 3CPO thinks he's so much smarter – which yeah. is part of his, I assume, his programming to think he's smarter. I mean, is he supposed to be that neurotic, or is that something he developed? I don't know. That's he was he... pro. He was built in programmed by Anakin. It's like a second language to him. And also, hmm. also, this is something I real. This is something I learned in in uh, in these four thousand places. The reason that Obi Wan went to Tatooine with the young Skywalker mm-hmm. is that Dark Vader hated it so much there. <gasps> having grown up there, that it was the last place he would look for anything. That's why they didn't even bother to change his name from Skywalker. See, now I'm one of those simps that's always said, huh, if I was going to take these, uh, there's a a Star Wars spoilers here, sorry. Uh, If I was going to take these twins and put them somewhere, I'm not sure that's the place where I would put them. I would not put them on the same place where Jabba the Hutt lives. And right. uh, and and give one of them to a senator. The senator is going to make a lot of public appearances, and it'll seem strange yeah. that he has an adoptive daughter now. Who is that? I don't know. Right, but also, but but like, why would you take him back? Why would you take the kid back to his home planet? I know, Dark Vader's home planet. But but, but yeah. now you know. But it, now you know. It's mm-hmm. a, yeah, I know. Dark mm-hmm. Vader doesn't want to go there. Okay, so one way I tried to wade through my tweets was that I only started reading the verifieds. Now this is what the frustrating to me because the verifieds are the people that I always felt like were going to take one of my solid gold tweets and they were going to take it out there and send it out into the world. I believe that's what happened here. Yes, yeah, it's, it's when it. you the, the tweet gets big, this is not complicated. A tweet gets big not when it's liked a lot, a tweet gets big when it's retweeted by somebody that lots of people like. Uh, right. Cor- right. I mean is so, that correct? It is. It is. I believe that's true. Although, who knows? I, once this tweet got to Mark Hamill, and he commented on, "Hang on, it, Mark Hamill saw it." Mark Hamill not only saw it, but tweeted that he, uh, after having seen it, he had to think about it all afternoon, hmm. and he arrived at the conclusion that he ha- also could not answer this question. He seems nice. And 
shrugged his shoulders and walked away. Okay. And so then, but having tweeted that, then of course that attracted the people, but then, oh, you know, it started to get, it started to get all kinds of people here. But anyway, trying to just put some constraints on, Oh, look, look here, Jordan Curland, your good friend hmm. from San Francisco oh. with the Japanese soaking tub. Hmm. Um, and, uh, from, uh, from MC hammers, uh, 40th birthday party. He just oh, faved it. Oh, that guy. Yeah, Jordan. He's still kicking that, but, around, huh? Oh, sure. He's oh, running the him. show. Hmm. Uh, okay, so Nathan Schneider. These are just uh, these are just verified users. Nathan Schneider, who is the universal healthcare advocate, public education proponent, organizer, campaign manager, and political consultant, and former House candidate. Hmm. Uh, he says. I think R2D2 felt a sense of empower a sense of power and superiority by withholding information. He's being uh, passive aggressive? I guess so. Okay. Torque Mason, these are all blue checks here. Okay. USA Today Wisconsin photojournalist. Mm-hmm. Torque Mason says the actual answer is retconned. Uh hmm. Oh, I see. The actual answer is it was retconned. But technically Obi-Wan never owned the droids. Obi-Wan. He only, he only, knew, he only knew them. <laughs> I'm sorry. Every time I hear that, I got to do it in the voice. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, uh, let's, okay. Let's see. Cla- Claudia Aponte, who uh, covers Brooklyn for the city, New York. Oh, hi, Claudia. Who, and she's from uh, Puerto Rico. Hmm. She says... Uh, she quotes the tweet and says, this is fucked up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, we, we, we it just, oh, wait. Uh, John Syracuse chimes in here. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wait. He's, uh, oh, what, what Syracuse says that is that he, he's also sad. Because I, I followed up this tweet saying, um, my daughter got way more likes than I've ever gotten in my mm-hmm. life. Syracuse says he wants me to see a tweet that he put out there that didn't that he thought should have gone viral and didn't. Mm-hmm. And his tweet said, "Look at this gem, barely a blip. I toil and toil." And he links to a tweet that he sent out that has one point four thousand likes. That's fourteen hundred likes. Hmm. And he's mad. Wow. That it that it didn't do more traffic. And can you imagine? Uh, that's wow. Weird flex, John. I know he's got he's got seventy eight thousand followers, which is which is roughly twice the number of followers I have. Hmm. So I guess for him, fourteen hundred likes is like oh each one each tweet. one each one a flying monkey out to do his bidding. Yeah, yeah. he calls me sometimes. He says, "Go, better. go, my pretties, kill, kill, <laughs> go, go and defend, go and defend Syracuse against all of the interlopers. Go and they go. Well, actually, I think John's the smart one. Oh, why don't you let John talk more?" <laughs> If if I if I if I got fourteen hundred tweets before today, I would have considered it a viral tweet. Oh yeah. And he's like he's like, oh yeah, this ooh, this sucks. You know what? You get no sympathy. You get no help. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice to have the drive by uh, drive by. Uh, uh, this is a funny tweet, people. That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. But, uh, we got, yeah, uh, there's... Dan McLaughlin, who's a senior writer for NRO. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, here's his bio. You're going to like this. His, he's at Baseball Crank. 
His bio oh, is no. Reagan. No, 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 not his, baseball crank. No. His, his, his bio is Reaganite. Oh, Catholic, I know. No, no, no. I know baseball fan. crank. No. <laughs> oh, you did. Stay far away from baseball crank. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to reply to him. Okay. But he's got he's got 62,000 followers, and he says here he's give, given quite a long reply. Go back and watch how Obi Wan looks, eyes darting in the direction of R2, who had just beeped madly when he pulled out the old lightsaber while 3PO insisted on being shut down during the conversation when Luke asks who killed his father. Uh Now, I have not gone back and watched it, but is there really that much action going on in that scene? You're talking about when they're in the little little teepee and he's he's in his oil bath? No, no, I think this is happening. He's saying this is happening when Obi-Wan... Didn't this all happen in the... Didn't it happen in the in the first one? In the hut? Yeah, in the in first the one or in did it happen hut, later? In the on? And he's in his he's in his oil oh uh, it takes his oil bath. And then he says, uh-huh. if you don't mind, I'm gonna shut down. And I think that I thought that was because whoever wrote that scene di- didn't want to have to do C three PO things and uh, just let, let we're gonna let three PO dip. He's out now and we can focus on the, these more important, let's be honest, the more important uh players, the three three uh, characters. Sure, sure, sure. I don't know. No, I agree. I agree. But, you know, there's a lot. So anyway, I've learned a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned that in in, uh, 12 years of being on Twitter that my legacy is going to be a kid say the darndest things about R2 uh, uh, tweet. Uh, I've learned that my daughter uh, is pretty unimpressed with 207,000 likes uh, because she she has no context. She doesn't know how daddy – uh, slaves away yeah. for 30 likes at a time. And, uh, and also, also it just, it, it, it adds to her sense that the whole world, that everywhere she goes, the doors just open. This was the problem with me when I was a kid, I would trail along behind my dad and I would notice that everything, you know, that the doors all opened and there was always shrimp cocktail there. And I was like, I guess this is life mm-hmm. and it's <clears throat> going to be worse for her because in her world, she gets 207 likes, and and uh, and uh, then she's on stage with Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by visiting MacWeldon.com. Mac Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Their site is so easy to use. I bought a bunch of stuff on Mac Weldon just this morning. More on that in a second. Mac Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants, and more that you will ever wear. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. That means they eliminate odor, and they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair of Mac Weldon underwear, you can keep it, and they will still refund you. They don't want it back. You keep it. Now, there's not going to be any questions asked. There will not be underwear questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well, too. They're great for working out, going to work, going on dates, and just everyday life. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan. Like I say, I was just on their website uh, this morning, and what did I order? Uh, I decided to try some new things. I got some new underpants. I got some uh, some briefs. I thought I'd try that. You know, one last big shout in life. You know, try some small underwear. Uh, and, you know, based on uh, my friend Marco Arment, I'm going to try their uh, their Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. So it's got silver in it. You don't see the silver. But like I say, QED, antimicrobial. Now listen, Mac Weldon really does value its loyal customers. So you can join me in becoming a member of the Weldon Blue Loyalty Program. Here's how this works. You go make an account on MacWeldon.com. 
Place an order for any amount, and you'll never pay for shipping again. What? Yeah, that's right. Welcome to level one, baby. But level two, once you purchase $200 worth of products from Mack Weldon, which I have totally done, not only will you continue to receive free shipping, you will also start saving 20% on every order you make for the next year. That's a feather in their cap. At level two, it also grants you access to new products before they are released to anyone else, as well as free gifts added to future orders. That's a pretty good gig. So, you know, as we speak, I'm wearing Mack Weldon. I'm wearing Mack Weldon all the time. You know, I love their I love their shirts. I love their socks. I love all the things. And I think you will, too. Honestly, legit, real talk. This gets my uh, official, uh, Colonel uh, Potter's official okie dokie. You, you should get this. So you go to MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L, and you're going to get 20% off your order using the promo code R-O-T-L. Just like it sounds, R-O-T-L, MacWeldon.com slash R-O-T-L. Our thanks to Mack Weldon for supporting Roderick on the line and all the great shows. I would love oh. to be on stage with Blondie. How the fuck is she going to oh, have a normal man. life? I don't. Clem, I don't. Clem Burke. That. Imagine meeting Clem Burke. Can you imagine that? Mm, is he still living? Is he living? I believe Clem Burke is living. Yeah, it's weird. My daughter texted me yesterday <clears throat> to say I was just. I was just looking, because uh, she loves podcasts, of course, the McElroys mostly. And she says, oh, yeah, I was just looking at uh, new podcasts, and it recommended three of your podcasts. And I said, close close that tab, and don't look at me. Don't look at Daddy. Daddy does not want to be noticed anymore. I, I want to not be noticed. I want to I wanna, uh, reach a micro audience of my peers, and I want everyone else to not notice me, please, and thank you. There it is. Because then you get noticed. Micro. Yeah, well, and uh, turns out, what mm. do you... what? I, this is a lot better than I than it could have been, right? Because mm-hmm. because I could have said something one time, one of my like angry, un, uh, Ex- and not that thought you get one tweet. of those. You either get you either get okay. Now I'm going to cut this out. There's two kinds of Trump type people who respond. One is the people who love dear leader and always say the stupidest shit. And the one that is 10 times worse is the liberals who call him whatever, like orange Cheeto dad or whatever. Yeah, that's really and, like, and you're like, no, 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 no. Once you, once those come in, that's how you get ants, buddy. Woof. <laughs> that's how you get ants. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, the people... Irma Bombeck, Irma Bombeck material can f- really fly. I've had great success with, uh, with, <laughs> Homespun child anecdotes. Yeah, it's nice. I'm, I'm and riding I on like, her coattails, her diaper tails. Yeah, I feel like it inhibited. There, there still were a lot of people that wanted me to know that a, mm-hmm. it's just a movie and not real. Uh, uh, B, hmm. movies have plot holes. Mm. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, there were some people that wanted me to know uh, that uh, Indiana Jones uh, didn't make a difference. In the life of the Ark, hmm. some other uh, some other stupid shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a lot of people wanted my daughter to know that the first three Star uh, Tracks are stupid, and she shouldn't have watched them. Oh, did, did, was anyone um, concerned that you'd let her watch these movies at all? Oh yeah, there Is were. Is there any chance at all that somebody said, "Dad, wow, wow"? <laughs> you know, wow. I, I, I guess I guess kids are just allowed to watch anything now. Read a book. I think there. I think most of them were uh, people that were saying, "Wow, I hadn't thought of that." Which yeah, was the which is nice. Which was the, yeah, that was nice. So on the main, I did not get a single tweet that I was like, "Oh, asshole." Mm-hmm. I just got some where I was like, "Oh, you're just a person that doesn't that thinks they know how to talk on the internet and doesn't." Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, 
that's my life in the last couple of days, just watching my whole Twitter, my whole 12 year Twitter investment finally pay off in the form of a tweet that, you know, it didn't really get me any new followers. It wasn't meant to, it's, it's the type of thing that ended up on a lot of like, uh, uh, content aggregators for that hour of that day. And now I just fade back into my, my world where John, all that... this AI, all this machine learning, all the, uh, as you say, algorithms that are out there. Here's the thing. I don't need to know that. I don't need to know in general that somebody followed me. I don't even, I don't need to know that somebody with a blue check followed me. I just want to know if somebody cool followed me. And oh, I don't yeah. know, I don't know who, who makes the algorithm that enables that, but I don't care how many followers they have. I just want to know if they're cool. Give me a different how kind of you, check. How do you, let's just talk about this because this yeah. is what it's all about. How do you design an algorithm that discerns coolness? Mm-hmm. If you could do it, if you could do it, it would be the most valuable commodity in the world. It, it would, would require something like what Google did with search. I'll make this very fast because it's not very interesting. As, as most people, uh, nerds anyway, know, the thing that differentiated Google was, well, first of all, that their results were very relevant. So like the wonderful Alta Vista, if you did a search on Google on this very simple site, it seemed to be really good at finding the thing that you were looking for. But what, what if what you're looking for is actual prescription boner pills or plane tickets to Germany? Now you run into a problem because there's a lot out there that is nominally relevant, but is it good, let alone canonical? And so what Google, the special sauce that, forgive me if I'm, I don't mean to sound like I'm talking down. What no, Google I did, the special you're telling is, telling me something I didn't know. They created something that came to be called PageRank, which was a way of saying, okay, regardless of the relevancy of this for a given search term, Show me things that lots of there are good pages that link to other good pages. So it's good pages all the way down. And what you discover is not only something that's relevant, but something that other people seem to trust. So I'm looking for that for coolness. If there are people who are cool, regardless of follower count, if there are people who are cool, and I, I don't know how we do like the the, uh, the original cool, but like I need, I just want to know. I'm, I'm I'm tossing it out there, and this is not my, my, my job. I'm just here on Dagobah, mm-hmm. running around with a puppet on my back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool your cooler follower is, yes. <laughs> so I don't know how to do that, but that's what I want. I want that. And, you well, know, give me three a day. Give me three a day. Give me three cool people that I should know about. Who is, who is er cool? Well, I can tell you that there are, there are kinds of accounts that I think are just a delight. I am the sort of person that really likes the account uh, called at, at Darth. And Darth is a red panda who engages with everybody and is just delightful. And he's a red red panda with a dark Vader hat who likes likes potatoes. And uh, Darth, I mean, you can't go wrong with Darth. Then Darth hibernates for a while and comes back. That's one. That's that's a kind of like. But then you got you got like normal people. Let me go through here. Who are some normal people that I like a lot? Uh, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Oh, Scott Simpson. He's pretty good. But you know, he's but funny. Yeah. I, 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 but I'll discover and here. So here's my algorithm, such as it is, which is that I discover in replies. I, I discovered that in replies to things I've written, people build on the bit. They, they yes and the bit in a way yeah, that yes I and. find delightful. I don't mind people bringing a joke, but the joke should be good. 
and based on a similar premise or taken in a different direction, this is what governs the way that I respond to other people's things. I want to engage with them personally, build on the bit, right? So, yes. so on the one hand, the bit. vast the majority, bit. be the bit. I can't be the bit when you're talking. What? <laughs> be the ball, Danny. <laughs> Anyways, so there's a ton of like, yep, you know, that's the sound of the internet. But then people will come along. Maybe you get somebody like a Fireland, like somebody who will come in and, and play with you in the space a little bit. And that's how I discover, regardless of follower account, that's how I discover good people. Yeah, yeah. But even well, then you and click through, and if it's all about sports, I'm just not going to follow that. I don't want to know about regional sports. I want you to play with me. The thing is, when Fireland stopped tweeting, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I feel like a quarter of the internet went away from me. What what happened to Fireland? He was <sighs> he's still out Fireland, there, but like he him was out and, there tweeting and stuff. And, yeah, and but then, you got him. You got uh, you got uh, like a Tim Seidel. You got all the classics. Is that his name? What happened back to the, the, what, Yeah, what happened to Tim Seidel? I oh, think God, they he get made, gobbled he made my up day every day. They every get day gobbled up for day. making other content in other places. I think. I think they become uh, writers of TV and movies. I believe that Fireland in particular is a writer of movies. When I, last time I talked to him, IRL, that was the thing that he did. Yeah, he was one of those LA types that sells scripts, and some of them get made in the movies, but the scripts still sell, and that and uh, the yes. checker the checker still cash. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know yeah, why are, I still look at this hell site. Why do I do this? Why do I do this to myself? I know, I know, but you know you have to because otherwise, what? What are you going to do? You what are you going to go do? Live on a farm? What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Milk goats. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in these uncertain times, John, I want you to know that you know, I'm here for in you. This economy, in this economy, in these uncertain times, amidst the virus, I want you to yeah. know that I am here for you. Thank you, Merlin. And like many you know, American who- companies, I am somehow here for you. <laughs> mm. Hmm. I have not yet found anyone to really truly be there for me. Oh, uh, that was that was a that was a, a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my friends have been totally there for me. Has anybody tested in- it? I, I get I get many many emails. This is setting aside all the television commercials, which in the last week and a half have become insufferable in their volume and their similarity and their disingenuousness. Uh, but yeah. I also get a lot of emails. I got an email. I got two. Cop- I got an email twice from the same company. It's a company with which I have an affiliate account. So, which means that when I link to them and people buy the product, I make money off it. I have not oh, I see. done anything of substance with this particular company in almost ten years. And today, today I got two emails from them. Uh, and the subject line, I believe, was, "Is there anything we can do for you?" Hmm. Right. And I mean, of course, there's so many things you can do for me. I mean, so many things can be done for me. I don't mean to parse your language, affiliate man. Right. But well, sure. Could you think of anything? Could you think of anything? No, but I got to be honest with you. As I, as I sit here right now, I kind of want to test this out. I kind of want to like see, I don't know, can I get a Coke at least? Something like right. if I, how much do you have my back? Right. I, I haven't tested it. I have noticed... <clears throat> I have noticed that um, there uh, there have been at, at least 
at least a couple of these affiliate uh, organizations, a couple of these companies that I do business with, they have been there for me in the sense that they have continued to do business uninterrupted without making a big stink about it. Mm-hmm. And that so, somehow, has proved – Somehow. <laughs> somehow. I so mean it's, it's – it's, when I see the places, like even like on the blocks near my house, that are still like taking these extraordinary efforts – because you have to have a plan. At least in San Francisco, you have to have a whole plan and put up signage and you have to show how you're doing social distancing. All this pain in the ass stuff so that they can have a fraction of the business that they used to have. It's unbelievable yeah. that they're pulling it off. Yeah, and those those uh, those companies, I want to give them. Um, I want to give them all the smiles. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're we're ordering so much Italian food delivery from these three imperiled restaurants. We're so fat with Italian food, but it's like I really <laughs> I don't know if my part my carbonara is going to keep them in business, but. I just I want to uh, that in books. I'm buying so many books from independent bookstores. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry you were saying they're somehow I, uh, they're somehow keeping this going. I bought a kayak. No kidding. Uh, and then I bought a second kayak. Well, if you have one kayak, you should really get two. They're like birds; they they mate for life. Well, nobody, and, and nobody paddles the- alone. It's not safe. You don't want to paddle alone. That's nope. right. Don't nope. don't paddle alone. And I'm trying hard not to paddle alone in life. Mm. And uh, and I'm trying to um, I'm trying to kayak because uh, why not? Yeah. Right? Why not? It's, it's, and the it's thing more is, fun than it seems, especially even or especially for kids. Once they're in the boat, it's fun, and they want to keep doing it. You got to get them in the boat. That's the hard part. And the thing about the Northwest and 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 San Francisco too. <clears throat> To experience those cities from the water is so different, and it's so in, it's so incredible where we live, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you were to come to San Francisco before there was a San Francisco there, and it was just you were just there on this isthmus, mm-hmm. uh, you would say, "Oh, I'm sorry, it's not an isthmus; it's a peninsula." But it's got it's um, got the the for years the story goes that for for many years or or even centuries. People didn't realize there was a hole in the side of California. And then at some point in Northern California, at some point someone realized, hey, there's a hole over here where we can get in. And boy, that's interesting. So now you're coming through the Golden Gate. Can you imagine the first ship coming in through the Golden Gate and going like, holy, holy <laughs> so incredible. shit. This is so nice. This would be a good place to have a Salesforce building. When you think about when you think about Europeans arriving through that hole in California, mm-hmm. coming, coming in through the <laughs> through the ride. When they when they pull up to the so the so these Europeans here in this boat have been on this boat for a long time. The yeah. boat is their home, mm-hmm. and they pull up on the shore. They they uh, they come they come ashore. They wander around. Maybe there are some people there. They greet them. Um, maybe there's a little bit of like a uh, like a weird hello. Who are you? Sort yeah. of uh, encounter. They get, maybe how, maybe they pick up some crabs. Or yeah. or have you know like a, a bowl of soup in in, in, a, in a sourdough or something? You know? Uh huh. They maybe they get a little chocolate, a little artisanal chocolate. Ding ding. Um, <laughs> and they're and they're like they're like wow, this whole area really smells like fucking seal shit <laughs> or sea sea lion pee. Yes. But uh, but how far do you think on that first day when they when it was their first day? Uh, how far do you think they went from the shore? 
before they were like, okay, let's get back on our boat and go back out to our boat. If I'm being honest, um, and I, I don't mean to problematize this, if I'm being honest, my first thought as a captain of a European ship who found the hole in California, my first thought is, uh, I forget the phrase for this, I should know this because I was in Naval ROTC, um, mm-hmm. but when you're, when you're getting ready to moor your ship or to land, how do you get, is this a safe place to take a giant ass ship through? Is this mm-hmm. deep enough? Well, I uh, what's the what's the phrase for that? Is sounding, you're sounding the depth. Sounding, or where you've got to find, like you know, anywhere you. Go. I'm sorry, this is really boring. My first thought would be, where can I land this shit? Go down, see if I can get a beer or whatever, and know that my European ship will be safe. You're doing a little reconnoitering. Reconnoitering, but I'm thinking you come in. And I, I'm just doing this in my head at this point, but you see the headlands, you see yeah. Angel Island and Alcatraz. You see uh, I, wherever Coit Tower eventually was. Uh, that must have just been – and so verdant. I bet it was just beautiful. Oh, verdant is exactly right. The yeah. verd. Mm-hmm. So much verd. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm saying like for a long time, yeah. if you were in San Francisco mm-hmm. – uh, and this is, true, this is true for Seattle too. You were primarily oriented toward the sea. That would have been your main way of traveling from place to place. It would have yeah. been how commerce got done. Yep. There weren't any roads. There weren't any little trucks. It stands to reason any- that if you were looking at, and this is something you've talked about for so long that has just had such an impact on my thinking, is you've talked about, you know, you look at, look at the geography of any city and you, you can learn so much. I mean, there's a reason that, um, you know, uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, well, these are river towns. It makes sense yeah. that somebody wanted to do river things very near the easiest place to go from river to Cincinnati. Ditto here. You're not going to go to the basin. You're not going to like get, go to Sacramento. Probably you're going to hang out near the hole in California and figure out who's going to buy your beads or whatnot. Right. right? And the reason you would get to Sacramento is you'd go up the river mm-hmm. until you got up there. Yeah. That's, that's the, end the, of the river. Reason, all right. That's mm-hmm. where they are. Right. Yep. So anyway, in <laughs> Seattle, <clears throat> Colonel Kurtz running a civilization. <laughs> I saw the bug. <laughs> I don't see any method at all. I can't act anymore today. Why is he Popeye? <laughs> <laughs> he ruined that movie. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Um, he looked really cool, but he did kind of ruin the movie. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a five and a half star movie, and it's down to four and a half stars because of Marlon Brando. They saved it in the edit. They saved it in the edit for sure. Don't at me. Don't at me. Oh God! But but when I get on the water in Seattle, and it and it happens way less than I want it to, um, all of a sudden it's it, you're transformed, right? You're you went from uh, from the hustle bustle of a major metropolitan area to to like the land of gulls, and they're like little fishies, and and it's quiet. Even in a noisy town, it's quiet out there somehow, and you just kind of like oh. Uh, all your cares go away. And yeah. these kayaks that I bought cost $80. What? That's it? So, so this isn't one you of these You ask me, crazy, John Roderick, like, I would tell you kayaks start at $375 is what I would guess. So I don't want to promote a website uh, that's um, that's fairly well known as an e-commerce site. Okay. Uh, that's, that's E for electronic. E. <clears throat> electronic commerce site mm-hmm. um, that uh, that is you know that creates a lot a lot of problems in the world uh, and oh. I fought them for a long time this e-commerce site but then eventually you know you just get a, a, like subsumed into the borg uh, and they had one of uh, what they call their daily deals oh that e-commerce site so you bought local technically 
I did. I, I did. I bought local because I support local companies. Sure. And uh, this is one of those daily uh, specials that's a, a special every day. Yeah. It's not just like here for a day and then it goes away. It's always a special. Not particularly special. It is this $80 two-person kayak wow. that can hold 300 pounds worth of people or more. And it comes with two kayaking paddles and a pump. To, it's a inflatable, so it goes in the trunk of your car. And I read all the reviews, the 10,000 reviews, and people were like, this thing's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's like stupidly amazing. And it's just a, basically, it's just a blow-up rubber, rubber raft in the shape of a turtle, except in this case, it's in the shape of a kayak. And I was like, I can, if this thing is as big as they say, I can pump it up with this little foot pump, and then I could be out on the water. I'm not going to go out in a storm. I'm not going to take this out in a gale. Mm -hmm. When it's a sunny day and the waves are lapping on the shore, I'm going to take this. So I bought, I bought, uh, I bought life preservers mm -hmm. and, um, or life jackets or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah. and personal, so personal flotation devices, personal flotation devices. I realized that there are three classes of personal flotation device. I, I realized that cause I read the instruction. Okay. And I wouldn't have known that before. That's just, that's the same as, as not knowing yeah, I, that. I didn't know uh, that at all. Yeah. That Obi-Wan, uh, whatchamacallit. Obi -Wan. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, now, so I haven't yet taken these, I haven't taken them out of the box yet cause they just arrived, but I'm really feeling like, uh, maybe the kayak is going to be, uh, the thing that makes a big difference in my life this week. All but it the takes kayak now is also brings a certain structure. If I could say the kayak also means like you, before you kayak, you have to plan to kayak. Yes. Just a little bit of, I mean, not too much, not in, not in, in an annoying way. It's not like you're trying to, you know, like your dad taking up a plane. I mean, that's a lot of overhead with this. You could keep the, keep those, you could probably smash those down into a couple of Ikea bags, throw them in the back of the car and just take off and you're good to go. Now you're going to paddle. Take off. Then you're going to paddle. Mm -hmm. I had an interesting conversation with a, with a good friend of ours, oh. uh, uh, who runs a, <clears throat> who runs a local cruise. Mm -hmm. Um, and by local, I mean local to the internet, uh, mm -hmm. nerds. <laughs> And he said, we were talking about how our Corona uh, virus or our COVID-19 um, uh, uh, quarantines were going. Yeah. And he said, you know, because I was talking uh, about how the, how, how relieved I was at not having to do things anymore and how a lot of that was down to the fact, a lot of that relief came as a result of the fact that no one else could do anything either. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't just that I didn't want to do things. I didn't want things to happen. Well, it also doesn't things, hurt that we're actually helping by not doing anything. There's, a, there's, doing a, anything. there's a, a, a literally unique set of circumstances here for the first time. And, and we got a lot of nice response for last week's episode, which made me feel good. Um, but for the first time in your life, you're not even just simply allowed to say no to things and not do things, but you're actually doing the right thing. And it's doing rare right that that's true for everybody at once. And it won't be true forever. It's going to get complicated. It's, uh, and that's one, uh, it's, uh, it's wonderful. And he added another little bleep to that, yeah. which was, he said one thing he's noted because he's having a more complicated reaction uh, to it than I am, for instance, because he's saying, hmm. it's, because tough he to has, a, it's tough to have a three story house to be in. That's rough. Well, it's four four stories, but oh, yeah, but Jesus. uh, but he did they also, add another one? <laughs> they added one no, just no, for ukuleles and accordions. It was always there. The sister in law lived in the full apartment that was on the top floor, and she just got her own house. So now the, the now the top floor is reintegrated. Into the, mm. Anyway, anyway, 
what he was saying is, look, I run a cruise, and who knows if that's going to happen next year. Oh, and that's like, true. Oh, right. Oh, oh, right. It's like owning a c- concert venue. That's like, a lot of work, do? but I also imagine it's a fair amount of income. For it to be worth the effort, <clears throat> I'm guessing right. a lot of folks are working really hard on that. Well, it's and I think it's like a lot of big business. He now feels responsible for the 30 other people that he employs that, that make mm-hmm. this possible. But what he said was interesting. He said another thing it has done is quieted the judging voices in my head that are always yelling at me that I'm not doing enough. And that other people, you know, what, what am I doing just sitting around? I should be out, uh, you know, pitching a sitcom or, or writing a Broadway hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And w- as soon as he said it, I was like, that is a true for me too. And part of why I feel better right now is that the simplicity of my day is because of this, that you're talking about the the fact that it's actually virtuous to do, to not do things. Uh All of a sudden my day is simple and I'm not killing myself about it. I'm not, I could always do this, wake up, make breakfast, do a little math at the kitchen table with my kid, Uh do a show, go work in the garden. I mean, this could be my, there were so many rewards. It was carrots and sticks for all the reasons why you're, you're not allowed to kind of pop out of the day-to-day stress, rat race. I don't know what you want to call it, but like it's, I, I love this point. It's really, you know, the thing that uh, credited something credited to Mark Twain. I don't know if it's him. Comparison is the death of joy. I really love whether or not that's true. I think that's a really true phrase. And like you do that to yourself. And one yes. does that to oneself day-to-day is the constant need to compare to others, partly out of maybe trying to inspire yourself, but a ton of the time to punish yourself because you need to reprove to yourself every day what a piece of shit you are with all the things that you're not doing. And that is probably the greatest curse of my life. You know, that is the, that's the, that is the, those are the voices. It's not a voice. Those are the voices that, that caused me the greatest. It's kind of emotion zero for you, right? I mean, doesn't everything sort of starts from that point of reference? And it's, and it's not comparison to other people. It's comparison to the, the impossible. <laughs> to the you, you should have been. <laughs> that's right. The impossible me. Right? The, uh, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, and, oh, uh, God, no. That's so good. And, it's the, and, and that's kind of tamped down. And it's weird that it would be, right? Because you would assume in those first few days of the quarantine when there was a lot of that talk about like, oh, now the artists are all going to make their greatest work. All right. And there was a, I wrote uh, Shakespeare wrote during the plague. Go, go do your yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of pushback from artists that were like, fuck you. Like, no, don't. That's not how this works. Yeah. I'm not going to make my COVID-19 album. Like, shut up. And I think, yeah. I think that expectation went away pretty fast. And most of the people I know are, uh, that our musicians are kind of like, yeah, I tried to do some Instagram shows and I'm just doing the best I can over here. Uh, and I actually did a thing yesterday. Uh, my sister and uh, my little girl and I went and made a video uh, at the request of Adam Savage for a thing that's coming up um, sponsored by the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Cool. That's a good so museum. Can, That's a very good it museum. It is. A, it's one they of the best. They got a Saturn rocket there. Woof. 
you can you can kind of guess what it is, but it uh, but that I think is airing this Thursday. It's some kind of live YouTube <gasps> concert. Are you gonna play that song he likes? He that's what he asked me to do. Oh, that's so and, nice. And so we so each artist in this YouTube concert is doing their own performance, and then they're all sending them into the Air and Space Museum, and then they're hosting a live show on YouTube, which I guess is the thing now. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying, I'm trying, 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 mm-hmm. trying to trying to keep busy. But but for whatever reason, and I don't know why, I would expect that the voices in my head would be screaming at me, "You need to be writing. You need to be doing this. You could have been doing this this whole time." And for whatever reason, they're not. Every day I wake up, I do a little math problem. Uh, we talk about memorizing our, our times tables. I come down, I do a show. Then we go out in the garden. Then we ride bikes for a while. And no one is yelling at me from inside my own head. Yeah. Those ex- expectations, I, I, I give our friend John Syracuse a stick about this because he likes to remind me of all the things that I haven't done that I said I'd do. Uh, in a, in a fun way, but, um, the, uh, in addition to fun. comparison being the death of joy, yeah, it's super fun. I also feel mm-hmm. like, um, expectations are a kind of debt that we, uh, accept from other people that we now owe them something, uh, owe them something in the sense of, I mean, a debt in the sense of, you know, where are we with that Marv? Like they keep coming back to you like, okay. Uh, and, but sometimes it's you, sometimes it's you that lent yourself an expectation that you will never be able to to accomplish. And the thing is, if you keep coming back to that, how can I, I'm not putting this super well, but if, if you've, if you are indebted to your own expectations, there is literally only one person that can get you out of that. And it's the person least likely to get you out of that, which is you. And if you think the idea of being inside for, you know, an unknown amount of time means that you should go write something you've never tried to write before. That's that's a lot to expect out of yourself. That this <laughs> yeah. is why I keep saying look at, look look for little projects. Like I'm doing a little project with one of our crew's friends in the next couple of weeks, doing some creative things, and I'm I'm doing lots of like just little dumb things. But like I don't. The last thing in the world that I would want right now is on top of all of this uh, uncertainty to pile on a huge amount of expectations about something I have no business expecting of myself. Right. Right. But it's difficult and, not and, to. It's difficult not to because you make things. You're uh, a maker. You're a content creator. You're a midnight yes. toker. Why are you not finishing yes. your Europe book, John? That was a really long time yeah, ago. You started that. Why are you not doing that? I, I know. What, why do you keep hitting why, yourself? <laughs> why, in the, why indeed? Why, why indeed? indeed. <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, whew, I've got a new take on my Europe book, but I, but I haven't, I haven't quite. Uh, it's not, it's not quite solidified yet. Mm, okay. There are a lot of things that I could be beating myself up for right now. And the idea, I feel a little bit in this quarantine, like I felt when I first started taking Lamictal, where there was a, a kind of, uh, uh, the room cleared a little bit. I mean, when I first started taking Lamictal, it wasn't the room cleared a little bit. It was like, um, mm-hmm. it was like I got hit, hit with a, a sack of flour. Well, at first it does nothing at all. And then it does all the things. <laughs> right. Right. And you're like, ooh, for, ooh, oh, first, wait, wait, for, whoa, what just what just went away? It's like <laughs> sort of like that idea of like losing losing twenty pounds overnight kind of feeling. Where you're like, wait a minute, well, where would all, where'd all my unnecessary burdens go? Why is my personality not fucked? <laughs> and that and that it's taken a little bit here in the in the quarantine, but um, but to just reflect on the fact that I have I have fewer cares and 
and how much of my cares were of the feeling that the world was moving fast and I wasn't catching up. And to have that sense be gone and that the world is what the world is like also struggling kind of commensurate with how much I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And so we're all on the, it's like a level playing field. Uh, how do I keep that? How do, how do I have that be my new baseline mm -hmm. when everyone else is back in the discotheques? Yeah. 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 Because it takes, um, it, it, in, in the same way that hmm, this is not super clear, but, um, in the same way that we have to unlearn some habits of, uh, physicality and thinking to adapt to this new situation, it's going to take an even ex more extraordinary amount of exercise and practice to not fall back into your old carrot and stick ways, mostly stick probably. Right. I mean, yeah. you're going to have to be prepared if you want to maintain this feeling, you got to start now in some ways, no pressure, but <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You, you need to start rehearsing success, uh, uh, and, and also continue to not, I, I don't know. I, I used to have this phrase, I think I told you this phrase that it means a lot to me. Well, one of my phrases is uh, stupid can't stick to me, which is like, it's mm -hmm. entirely up to me to decide what's stupid in the universe I'm going to allow to Velcro to my ass for the rest of my life. Like I, the, all, all that is required in some conceptual way is for me to simply open my hand or butt in that case and just drop the thing. The thing does not have to stick to me. When stupid sticks to me, it's because I agreed to let it stick to me forever. And that, that requires a kind of um, something that's difficult for me, which is that the wherewithal, the the consciousness, if you like, but then also to say like, well, just because it's here doesn't mean it's mine. I could just leave that right here and walk away. And that, But that's going to be hard to do when you're back in the rat race, and especially when you're moving through that liminal space where you're moving from everybody has to be good and stay inside to some people are going out more setting aside the first responders and the thank you everything for your service you know what i'm saying though it's going to take it's going to take some work and what, what, what do you think you could do to start preparing for the aftertimes keep this fresh feeling alive i i, I really hope that <clears throat> i really hope that we are able to make a a, a societal change, even a small scale one as we transition back. And when I read them, when I read the news media and when I see what, what we're talking about, when we talk about, um, returning, mm -hmm. there's very little talk about uh, almost no conversation around the idea that we should not go back to normal that ever that we should, that we should learn from this and that we should take from this a lot of new information. There's none of that. All the talk at the level of governors and, and uh, internet talk about returning to normal. It's all assuming that there is a normal and that that's what we want. And how do we get back there as soon as we can? It's, it, it, is and, so, it is so, it is so comically unrealistic in, in most ways to, to think that there is a normal that we can get back to for anything. But crazy to me that no, where are the, I mean, and I think that probably I'm not reading a Neil Dash on this topic right now. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. not going out and seeking out the usual internet punditry, mm -hmm. but where are the big pundits, the, the, the social theorists, please don't the encourage, people, please don't encourage. 
the people saying <laughs> I know the people saying uh, saying hey wait a minute hold everything mm-hmm. because because we're not going to reach the CEO of Shell British Petroleum with this kind of talk and say look you don't want to go back to what it was you want to figure out this is your opportunity to pivot to solar right the guy at the guy at Shell BP is not going to pivot to solar right mm-hmm. now. But the people that can pivot, why there isn't more conversation about the pivot and why we're all in this stupid, this place that we're always stupidly in, which is like, well, I don't know what the big shots are going to say we should do, but I'm going to make a weird little stand about some weird little aspect of it. And it's like the big shots, this is what you learn when you go into government. (laughs) The big shots are just the Mm ding-a-ling that that decided that this was that what they were going to do. You know, like the governor of Washington, who's doing a wonderful job, Jay Inslee, mm-hmm. is just some guy that instead of going out and smoking weed, decided he was going to join the Young Democrats in college. Like he was a noob until he got elected to state office for the first time. And it's the same thing with military officers. They're guys that just were like, oh, wow, you know, that's what you're doing. And that was what they did until one day everybody was saluting them. And then we're like, wow, this guy must know a lot of stuff. And it's like, right. no, nobody knows anything. None of these big nice. shots know anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the CEO of your com- company is only the CEO because he's the most sociopathic person that w- that had happened to be standing around that day. Yeah. You know, like the number of in, truly in America, talented if you're people. A nar- if you're a narcissist who shows up, you're going to yeah, do fine. Right. You're going to do fine. Yeah. But why are we listening to them? We never yeah. should have. We, why do we, 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 the only reason they have authority is that we give it to them. But, but what I'm hoping is that in some little way, even just you and me talking to whoever the influencers are that make up the Roderick on the Line universe, yes. and they are a lot yeah. of influencers. Very influential, yeah. Extremely influential people, that we can just like – just promulgate this conversation like there is no A, normal. B, we all agreed normal sucked. Mm-hmm. C, we don't want to go back. And it's not just a question of not wanting to go back to work because a lot of people re- have replied to me and said, I do want to go back to work and I support them. Go back to work. Just go back to work differently. I, 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 you know what? I so 100% agree. There's, there's just a million ways I, I am uncomfortable having this conversation a lot in public because it's just, I just can't take the responses. But this is the same feeling I've had about politics for the last three and a half years, which is like there's so many impulses, especially in my own political party. There's so many impulses to say, wow, we just need to get w- rid of the weird guy and get back mm. to normal. And we'll, yeah, have, right. we'll have bipartisan cooperation and it'll Everybody. be just like the good old days. And I'm like, were you there in the nineties? <laughs> did you just, did you just clap out of the nineties? There's no normal to go back to, and there's right. never been a normal to go back to. It's, it's, you can, you can, you can scratch and scrape to like put together, uh, uh some kind of simulacrum of the old thing, but it's so dangerous to think that, how can I put this? There are times when you have to do some crazy shit. There are times when crazy shit is the only answer. If your answer is you get a comfortable doddering grandpa to be your president, God bless him, that that's going to get us back to normal. It's like, no, you're still going to have the Mitch McConnells and you're still going to have the like the Jeff Sessionses and the, all those. Oh, and they're going to be, they're going to be even worse that now, you know, a hundred, a hundred percent. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know the answer to that is not let's try and do like a, a fifth grade play about policy 
and like act like that's normal now. And the same is going to be true for jobs. Like there's not the, the, how damaging is it? Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. How dam- I just tweeted about this a little bit ago. The, the governor of Iowa is like, shit, dog, let's open everything up. Open everything up. It's good. Open the malls. Open the restaurants. Let's do it. They have still not reached the peak in Iowa. Right. right? Right. So, I mean, I, I, I feel like I really do understand that impulse, but there's not going to be there's not, not there's not going to be a normal there's not going to be an economy to go back to. If this comes back super hard, let alone this fall, if this comes back super hard, like over the summer, because you wanted to be able to, like, uh, go get uh, an, an Auntie Annie's pretzel. It's like, holy shit, man. Like you're <laughs> that's that's not normal. That's mental. That's I, I'm sorry, I, but I, I really, really agree with you. And I think about it a lot and I don't have anything articulate to say about it except to say, guys, we really need to let go of the idea there's going to be a normal to go back to. And if, if we accept that as a possibility, not a certainty, but if we accept that as a possibility, how would that change the way we think about what we're going back to or what we're walking towards? Well, and this is this is what we were talking about last week, and I, and I, and, and I think we need to talk about it again, which mm-hmm. is that we think so often about American politics or American life as a thing that's happening in this major scale. And when we say things on the Internet or we say things uh, about politics or we read things about politics, we're always imagining some – you know, well-meaning person in in Iowa who's sitting, you know, kind of like uh, looking out her kitchen window and going like, who am I going to vote for this time? Or what, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we think about the CEO of, of, of British Petroleum and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but the fact is that in the in our your and my very small world, right, we are talking not to any of those people. We are talking directly mm-hmm. to a group of people that have never really thought of themselves as constituting a political class of them of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. But that, the, but they do. Like we are talking now to a group of people between the ages of twenty and sixty, but who constitute a a, a group a group a a group with <coughs> not not entirely in agreement on any one topic. But that that they that there is an identity, and let let's call it the let's call it the Merlin verse, uh-huh. right? The the people that are fans of Merlin Man are, for <laughs> instance, they constitute a group. Now, whether or not that group has has like uh, any unifying characteristics, I think it does. I think it does. And within that group, there are there's a lot of power, not just collectively, but individually. There are people that are fans of Merlin Man that have that are in positions of responsibility. Mm-hmm. But co- collectively, if that group starts to think of itself as a group, I'm a fan of, you know, I'm um, a fan of the McElroys. Mm-hmm. That group does think of itself as a group, fans of the McElroys, right? Now, what the McElroy group does as a collective political unit, um, I have a sense of what it does. I think fans of Merlin Mann would do a different thing. But but the, but but expanding it from fans of Merlin Mann to just the general kind of world that we live in, you and me, mm-hmm. if just this world, our world, said we are uh, – we're going to start doing it differently. Like we don't care what, sec- what BP does. I we don't care see. what the Secretary of Education does. Sort of like the West Coast governors right. uh, forming uh, their own Wu-Tang clan to say, well, regardless of whatever happens with y'all – we're going to be doing it this way. And and it's very important that this, these three coastal States work together in lockstep to produce something that's sustainable for our particular region. Exactly. So like, so just like the West coast Hmm. governors, 
the 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 fans of you, me, and Patton Oswald and whatever Hodgman, like if just that group of people in their own respective silos said, well, you guys go back to work, go back to your hairstylist, whatever. We're just not going to the same way. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it differently, and we and we can because it's been shown that we can. So the way that our business interacts with your business is going to change. Like all you people with the Mylar balloons, go back to doing what you're doing. But you're going to hear from us differently. Mm-hmm. Like you're going, to, you're going to receive contributions from us differently. It's going to come through a different channel. I'm not going to show up for the meeting. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not in the way I do business anymore. Uh, I'm going to zoom in to that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you're going to, and supply chains are going to change and things are going to change. And it happens locally. It happens one, one little opportunity at a time. What I don't want is our people to Eeyore back into the world. Like, okay, I guess I've got to go back to the, oh, thanks for the Mylar balloons. Like, don't do it Mm -hmm. if you can, right? Fight. And and of course, of course, I got a few emails too from people that were like, well, I have to work for a living. It's like, well, go work. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not saying don't. But if you can, if your imagination allows for it and your circumstances allow for it, don't go back the same way. Yeah, and go- just to be clear here, I'm not, I'm not advocating for – I'm trying not to be unkind to anyone in particular. I am not trying to advocate for either losing track of what's happening in society in such a way that you are a privileged dick. I'm also not advocating for something that could appear to be some sort of Ponzi scheme, get rich quick – just quit your job and work from home. I'm not advocating for any of that. Oh, I'm no, advocating no, no. for, I hope, the same thing I've always been advocating for, which is to look, read the room, look at what look at what is happening in your life right now, and look for agency where you didn't realize you had it. There it is. It's That's not, it. It's not, it's not about a, a power thing where like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I got a mortgage to pay. Well, you know, you chose to do that. That's fine. And that's, that's the choice that you made, which is fine. But like... You're not allowed to make everybody, including me in my world, feel like shit because you've got a mortgage you don't like. Like you, 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 um, that, that's okay. Like I understand that everybody's got it rough, but it's the looking for opportunities that you didn't know you had. And it's finding, discovering or reclaiming agency you didn't know was sitting there waiting for you. Just little that's bits it. of agency, tiny little teacups of agency. I feel like when, when everybody started to work from home on this, it was because it was because we were forced to, right? Because the because somebody superseded our boss's authority. Mm-hmm. And that was the governor, right? In, in Washington state, there yeah. was the boss. Trump was the governor and, and even before that, I think, the mayor here. That's one reason uh, we've had I mean, there's a million reasons. First of all, people here have money and they can afford to stay home. They have, they have, they have uh, knowledge worker jobs that allow them. There's a million reasons. Don't email me. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, it worked. It worked to say, everybody, let's pretend this shit is real. Let's pretend that we're all super sick and let's pretend we don't want Mima to die. How would we conduct ourselves differently? Now, go and do likewise. And the authority, though, came from somewhere, right? There was an authority and it was the authority of our belief in science or it was the authority of, I mean, the, the government... <laughs> Like our King County executive, Dow Constantine, didn't want to shut the town down, sure. but science demanded it. And so that – and the, the authority of the disease superseded your boss's ability to say, well, I'm going to need you to come in this weekend 
and are you having trouble with your TPS reports, right? Like your boss was <laughs> yeah. no longer the boss and, yeah. and the governor was no longer the boss, right? right? There was a boss and the boss was the uh, and it's, it's like uh, it's, uh, the, it's like that uh, Tom Hanks movie, you know? I'm the boss it's now. Like the, it's like the Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Inslee's but the captain ha- now. Going back to reality, whatever, going back to the way things were, every one of these bosses is right now really chomping at the bit they to reestablish their authority. Absolutely. Right. Your boss is like, how soon before I can tell people what to do again? Because the more days that go by without me being able to tell them what to do, it erodes my ability to ever tell them what to do again. They're like the Welsh troll, but for your job. Yes. Right? They're always sitting there, always on your shoulder. If you're not fretting about work, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. But with the, and the thing is that they're right. And that's what I'm saying. Their authority is eroded by this in the, mm-hmm. in that we've seen how little we need all of the, all of the trappings, all of the theater of work, of going to work, of downtowns, of meeting rooms, of, of your desk and your cubicle and your open plan office and your, and your uh, endless Cheerios or whatever. All of that is theater. Mm-hmm. It's, and a lot of it is authority theater. <laughs> That's so good. And it's yeah. and it's been it and it's been busted, right? So why Yeah, everything so when, stuff is still happening and the the people you see being heroic or being um being courageous. The idea of doing being fear, fearful but doing it anyway. That's that is that is people like Inslee and and Newsom and London Breed and Whitmer and all those people who are like, "You think they feel good about this? You think they feel good about fucking up their economy?" They do not. They do not. But they, they know that there's something more important. And guess what? Those wheels keep turning. And the part that sucks is not that we miss being told that we were late coming back from lunch. That like you become like a child, the way you control a child, you learn, you learn what they love and you learn what they fear. And, and that sticks with us for the rest of our life. And you just, you, uh, despite all your rage, you're still just a rat in a cage. You keep coming yes. to work and, and pumping for the man and you yes. continually, you reify that relationship. And now that we're in this space where that has gone away and society has not crumbled, society crumbled because of a lot of other shit, but it didn't right. crumble because of your TPS, the cover sheet for your TPS reports. No. And, and you're going to get that email. Every, everyone listening to this is going to get that email that says, uh, Hey, everybody. <laughs> Time to straighten awesome, up and fly right. <laughs> yeah. Awesome news. Uh-huh. We're opening up the office again on Monday. Can't <laughs> wait to see you there. <laughs> Can't wait to see you there. Congratulations. We have so many birthday parties oh that we have to God, have because of all the birthday parties that we missed. You got to come you out guys, for drinks. It's our first night back. You got to come. Our first night back. Oh. And when you get that email, reply all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be coming back to work. <laughs> you can email these nuts. <laughs> Stay safe, everybody. <laughs>